The Advent Calendar by Stuart Hardy December the 1st When Tim woke up on Friday the 1st of December, he was surprised to see an Advent Calendar on the wall opposite his bed. It hadn't been there when he'd fallen asleep the night before. Maybe his mum had come in while he was sleeping and put it on the wall for him. She usually got ones featuring cartoon characters in Santa hats. Last year she bought him a Spongebob Squarepants advent calendar. But this year the cardboard just had a dark brown oak panelled effect, and with fancy font identifying the numbers on all the doors. Tim got out of bed and went over to the advent calendar. His mum probably wouldn't want him to have chocolate before breakfast, but come on mum, it's December. He found door number one. He pressed the cardboard inwards, pinched hold of the little flap between his fingers, and pulled it open. There was no protective foil covering the chocolate, and the chocolate hadn't even been moulded into a shape like a star or a Christmas tree. It was just a little brown block sitting on a plastic shelf. He took the chocolate out and bit it in half. It didn't taste like any chocolate he'd ever had before. It was definitely the expensive kind. He thought Mum had said they were struggling with money. How could she afford this? He swallowed the first half and let the other half melt on his tongue. He let all the flavour slowly sizzle on his taste buds. The satisfying taste lasted much longer than the cheap kind he was used to. Well done, Mum. She made a good choice this year. When Tim got into science class, he went and sat next to his best friend George, and he was confused because George looked very glum. What's up? asked Tim. I don't want to talk about it, George sighed. No, go on. You're probably going to hate me for it. I could never hate you, George, Tim smiled. George smiled back sadly. I doubt that, he said. This is really big news. Tim bit his lip. He'd never seen George acting this way before. After another moment's pause, George broke the news. Okay. Dad's company gave him a promotion, and that means he has to move. I... uh, uh, Oh. Tim bit his lip again. Where? California. I... Oh... Tim's heart sank. That's the other side of the world! I know, George said sadly. Mum says we're all going. I I don't want to move. I hate being a kid. We don't get any choice in these things. Yeah, Tim sighed. For a day that started so well, everything had turned sour incredibly quickly. When do you have to leave? Tim asked. January 6th said George. What? That's so soon! I know. But but we'll still be friends, Tim said defiantly. We'll, we'll still call each other all the time. I... yeah. To make matters worse, the teacher then handed them practice test papers. 
Tim had to suck up his feelings and just get on with his work. Tim and George didn't mention California for the rest of the day. In fact, they didn't say much to each other at all. There was a lot of awkward silence that neither of them could bring themselves to fill. December the 2nd. Tim woke up the next day. It was Saturday, so he should have been happy, but he was still upset about George. He was still telling himself that this wouldn't be the end of their friendship, but it would be so annoying that he'd have to make do with having his best friend as just a little box on a screen. He supposed he should try and get used to spending his weekends alone. After opening door number two on his advent calendar and eating the morning's chocolate, he got up, got dressed, and went downstairs. He put on his coat and shoes and went outside without having breakfast. He found a bouncy ball in the front garden. He couldn't remember leaving a bouncy ball outside, but who cares, he had a bouncy ball now. Bouncy balls are fun. He was playing with the bouncy ball on the driveway and trying to bounce it as high as it could go. He then decided to start bouncing it against the front wall of the house. He threw it against the wall and it bounced back at him with a lot of force. It rocketed back into his hand with so much force that it felt exhilarating. Tim smiled to himself. This was fun. This almost made him forget about the fact his best friend was moving to the other side of the world. Then he remembered the fact his best friend was moving to the other side of the world, and that was when he got angry. Why did this have to happen to him? Why couldn't someone else's dad get a promotion and move someone else's best friend to the other side of the world? And at Christmas too, it just wasn't fair. Tim started throwing the ball much harder than before, really taking out his anger as he applied that force. He started throwing it against the front window of the house. He was being daring. Tim threw it again, even harder. The ball smashed through the front window and made a jagged hole. Tim put both hands to his mouth. Oh no! He heard his mother cry in that horrible shrill voice she used whenever she got angry. Without thinking, Tim ran away down the street. Maybe he'd blame a local kid for it, they'd never know it was him. December the 3rd. Tim's parents did figure out it was him that broke the window. He wasn't a very good liar. They'd grounded him for the next two months. Now he wouldn't even be able to spend the last few weekends he had left with George before he went to California. Tim told his parents this, but they said he should have thought about that when he started throwing the ball against the window. The repair was going to cost a fortune. The only thing Tim still had to look forward to that day was the chocolate behind door number three of the advent calendar. 
It still tasted good, but something felt wrong to him. The taste of the chocolate melting on his tongue was nice and sweet, but he felt he was being naughty just by eating it. He was glad his parents hadn't confiscated the advent calendar, but he felt as if he shouldn't be allowed to have something nice after what he'd done. He'd ruined everything. The window, George, everything. He was only allowed out of his room at dinner time. It was very cold in the kitchen. Probably because the people from the hardware store wouldn't be able to come to fix the window until Wednesday. His mum and dad had just taped a board over the smashed window in the front room for the time being. His parents refused to turn the heating up. They needed to save the money. Tim then felt his heart sink when his mum put a plate of casserole in front of him. He hated casserole. The meat was undercooked and chewy, but he didn't say anything. Sure, it was only bad food, but it felt like everything had been going wrong so far this month. He went back up to his room at 7pm. December the 4th. Tim woke up, opened door number four in his advent calendar, had his chocolate, and went downstairs to get breakfast. He saw his mum sat at the kitchen table. She was looking through bills and had a despairing look on her face. Upon seeing her, Tim awkwardly turned 180 degrees and went back out of the room again, hoping she hadn't noticed him. The guilt was too much for him to bear. He decided he would skip breakfast again. When he got to school, Tim saw that George wasn't in class today. He had a sudden pinch of nerves when the class appeared to have fully assembled and the teacher was taking the register. Had George left for California early? Maybe he was just off sick. At the beginning of science class, the teacher announced she had the results of the practice test papers they'd done on Friday. Tim always hated this part. Miss Codrington always insisted on announcing the results in front of the entire class, and he always felt so embarrassed and tense as he waited to hear his own name. Claire Payne? B. Thomas Rand? C. Derek Reed? E. The class tittered at that one. Alice Ryder? A. James Sanders? B. Tim Sherman. Here it is. Tim braced himself. F. What? Tim said out loud. He tensed up in terror, and then the class all burst out laughing. (laughs) How did this happen? Tim didn't think he'd done that badly. He'd been a bit upset about George when he took that test, but he had tried his best to focus on his work. After he'd finished, he guessed he'd get a C, maybe a D if he was unlucky, but an F? What was Mum going to say? He swore he wanted to stop existing and just melt into the floor. December the 5th. Tim's friend Eddie came running up to him at the start of lunch break. Um, if you're wondering why everyone's laughing at you when they see you, it's because Ryan told her. What? Tim suddenly felt a spike of fear in his chest. Ryan was one of the popular kids. 
I don't know how Ryan found out, but he did. And he went and told Lauren you like her, and he told loads more people. But I don't like Lauren. Don't you? But I always see you looking at her. I don't look at her. What gave you that idea? Well, she's the only girl you talk to. Because we're friends. Yeah, but there's, there's more to it than that, isn't there? Tim winced as he thought of Lauren. They sat next to each other in English. He made her laugh occasionally, but he didn't think they were anything more than friends. And God, now she would think he liked her, and this was so awkward. Tim felt his face turn red as he entered the lunch hall with Eddie. Only a few people were looking around at him, but even though it couldn't have been more than two or three, it felt like everyone was staring at him. He then caught a sight of Lauren at the table near the back with her friends. She hadn't spotted him yet. Then one of her friends tapped her on the shoulder and pointed in Tim's direction. Lauren offered him a half-hearted wave and an awkward smile. Tim winced, and again he wanted to sink into the floor. December the 6th. Tim cycled home at the end of the school day. Nothing particularly bad had happened at school, but nothing particularly good had happened either. It was just another school day. Boring. He'd spent most of it simmering in annoyance at how badly the last few days had gone, and trying to ignore the titters of his classmates who knew about the Lauren thing. As he approached his house, he saw people from the hardware store out the front in their paint-spattered overalls. They were installing the new window. He felt another pang of guilt as he remembered the look on Mum's face as she'd been looking at those bills. That was when Tim accidentally rode over the edge of a manhole cover at the wrong angle. His bike skidded and threw him off. Ow! He landed on his pocket and got a graze on his hand as he pushed down and tried to regain his balance. He froze, as he realised there had been an audible smash. <coughs> Tim let out a screech of pain at his probably bruised hip as he scrabbled at his pocket. No, no, no. Tim's heart sank again when he saw what had happened. There was a large crack in the corner of his phone screen. He put a finger up against the glass and felt a rough shard poking out of the crack and brushing up against his skin. He got a slight cut. Oh, no. Tim felt a tear start to force itself out of the corner of his eye. This was a disaster. He then looked up at the house again, with the people repairing the smashed window. He held up his phone and looked between the people by the window and the huge crack in his screen. Why did glass have to break so easily? It really was such a stupid material. He then saw his mum come out to have a look at the window. She spotted him down on the ground not far from the house. Tim hurriedly put his phone away. Oh, Tim, are you alright? His mum came over to him. Um, yeah, I just slipped, that's all. Your hand's bleeding. He saw she was right. The crisscross pattern on the palm of his hand had started to bleed. She helped him to his feet and wheeled his bike with him back to the house. She took him inside and gave him a plaster. 
He didn't tell her about the phone. December the 7th. When Tim woke up, like every day, he opened the calendar door and had the chocolate. As he let it melt on his tongue, he realised he'd forgotten something. But what was it? His stomach dropped as he realised. His bike had been left in the front garden while his mum had taken him inside and plastered his hand. It must have been out there overnight. Tim darted to the window and looked out into the front garden. He couldn't see it. Heart beating far too fast, he got dressed and quickly went downstairs and opened the front door. His bike wasn't outside. Where was his bike? He went inside and looked for it, but it wasn't in the back room where he usually kept it. He found his mum in the kitchen. Did you bring my bike in yesterday? He asked urgently. She gasped. Uh, no. She was scared, suddenly aware of what he was implying. I I can't find it. Where is it? His mum got up and went looking with him, but the bike wasn't anywhere in the house. They went looking around the street, but they couldn't find it. Tim started to cry, but he didn't have much time to process his feelings because he had to skip breakfast again and get to school. As well as being hungry and having his bike stolen, Tim was then yelled at by his teacher when he was late to the first lesson of the day. This was officially the worst week ever. December the 8th. Tim hesitated before opening door number 8 on the advent calendar that Friday. Every day so far this month, something bad had happened. A part of him thought that maybe if he didn't open door number 8, then December would stop. Maybe time would stop, and no more bad things would happen. <sighs> no, no, that was stupid, Tim. You're not a little kid anymore who believes in stupid things like Santa and the Tooth Fairy. You're 12 years old. Just have your chocolate. He opened door number 8 and put the chocolate in his mouth. He let it melt on his tongue again. It was delicious but it didn't make up for the last seven days. He got dressed and went downstairs to get himself a bowl of cereal. His mother was in the kitchen. She was looking through bills again. Tim felt awkward and uncomfortable as he sat opposite her with his bowl of cereal, but he couldn't afford to skip breakfast again. He'd need a new bike now. It was probably too late for his parents to get him one for Christmas, especially if they had to pay for the window as well. Tim sighed to himself again as he ate his cereal, and he thought about the events of the week. Last month hadn't been like this. It was ever since he got that advent calendar, things had been going wrong. He then paused, thinking. Hey, Mum. She didn't look up. Hey, Mum, Tim said again. Oh, sorry, Tim. I was lost in thought. Where did you get the advent calendar from? What advent calendar? The one in my room. Oh, you've reminded me. She went over to the cupboard, opened it, 
and she pulled out another advent calendar. Sorry, I forgot to give it to you. She handed him a shrink-wrapped SpongeBob SquarePants advent calendar. All the characters were in a wintry setting and dressed in Santa hats. Don't have all the days you've missed all in one go. You'll ruin your teeth. I, um... Hmm... Tim stared down at the SpongeBob SquarePants advent calendar, confused. Maybe Dad got him the other one? Dad never got him anything though, so where had this come from? That was when the phone rang. Tim didn't know who it would be, but he had a sudden spike in his chest again. He couldn't put his finger on why, but he knew in that moment that it would be bad news. Mum sighed and picked up the phone. Hello? Yes, she's my mother. Oh. His mother's face fell. Tim felt a drop in his stomach as he saw the lines crinkle up in his mother's face. He didn't need her to say what had happened out loud. He already knew what had happened to Granny. December the 9th. Saturday. Under any other circumstances, Tim would have been happy. No school today, and his parents would probably let him off punishment for breaking the window now. That said, the knowledge that he'd never see Granny again made him just want to stay in bed all day with the covers over his head. He didn't end up getting up until 11. He stood up and eyed the advent calendar with suspicion. It still didn't look particularly sinister. It was just a cardboard box with chocolate inside. He was being stupid. It wasn't causing these bad things to happen. It couldn't be. Tim bit his lip. Maybe he'd wait until tomorrow to open door number nine, just, just to see. He got back in bed, but he still stared compulsively up at the advent calendar. He tried to stay committed to this test, but the impulse was too strong. He looked at his phone on the bedside table and saw the date in the top right-hand corner. 9th of December. Door number 9 on the advent calendar was yet to be opened. The doors needed to be opened, one for every day of December. That was the way things should be. He didn't have a granny anymore. He deserved chocolate. He sighed, got up and opened the door. He put the chocolate in his mouth and got back into bed again. He lay there with the chocolate melting on his tongue. It stayed there for at least half an hour. It was almost soothing, but it didn't fully quell the anxiety in his chest and the constantly brimming tears in his eyes. Tim stayed in bed pretty much all day. He only went downstairs for dinner. His parents made lasagna, his favourite. His parents weren't talking to each other, but they didn't seem to be particularly sad. If anything, they seemed annoyed. They kept shooting each other angry glances. Tim excused himself as soon as he'd finished and went back upstairs to bed. 
Nothing bad had happened that day, but nothing good had happened either. He hadn't done anything that could have risked anything bad happening. It wasn't the calendar, he told himself. It was him. He'd been upset about George, and that was why he'd failed his test. He'd been angry, and that was why he'd broken the window. He'd been distracted and guilty, and that was why he'd fallen off his bike and cracked his phone. He'd forgotten to bring his bike in at the end of the day, and his mother had been stressed about bills, and she'd forgotten too. It was all just a series of coincidences. Tim heard raised voices downstairs at about 8pm. Yes, but why do we need the church? I don't see why we can't just book the crematorium. It's cheaper. He heard his dad's exasperated sigh. Can't you ask Luke for an advance on your salary? I asked for one last month for Christmas presents for him. She's my mother. I know, I know. I just don't understand where all this money is going. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing, just... You think Ugh. I've got someone else? Is that it? No, I didn't say that. Well, what else did you mean then? Well, I don't know. You have been buying wine a lot more often. You were bloody implying it. I was not. I know you and Kath are just friends now. Tim put his headphones in. He made his cracked phone play music. His parents' voices carried on for another hour or so, muffled by the tunes coming from his phone. Tim remembered one of the kids from school talking about his parents' divorce. He knew that divorce cost a lot of money, and his parents didn't have that, so they'd probably have to stay together, whether they were happy or not. That wasn't necessarily a good thing, though. If they did stay together, then that would mean a lot more nights like this. His mum and dad kept arguing well after 9pm. December the 10th. When Tim woke up that Sunday, the tenth door on the advent calendar was already open. The chocolate was sitting there on its little plastic shelf. Tim was confused. He swore he hadn't accidentally punctured the cardboard when he'd opened any previous doors. The door was just sitting there, invitingly open. Tim got out of bed and went over to the advent calendar. He pulled the little piece of chocolate out from the plastic shelf. He stared down at the chocolate, still confused. He then put the chocolate in his mouth. It still tasted good, but he felt uneasy. His parents still weren't talking to each other at dinner time. His mother had made fish pie. The family all ate together in silence. Tim was the one that broke it. When's the funeral? There was a moment's pause. We haven't agreed yet. The conversation faltered there. The silence resumed. Tim wanted to say something, anything just to fill this horrible, sick-making silence. His dad then got up to go get a beer from the fridge. His dad paused when he opened the fridge door. Tim could see the light hadn't come on. His dad pressed the button on the fridge light, confused. He then picked up one of the beer cans and felt it. 
Have you turned the fridge off? Mum shook her head and furrowed her brow. No? Is it off? His dad frantically felt the sides of the fridge. He felt the milk, the butter, the ham. Everything had gone warm. Was it, was it like this earlier? I am... Uh... His mum was confused. I can't remember. A look of dread appeared on his dad's face. Was the fish warm? I... Uh... I don't know! His mum started crying. <laughs> Tim then felt a sudden sharp pain in his stomach. December the 11th. Tim couldn't quite tell what yesterday's bad thing had been. It could have been the fridge, it could have been the night spent having to hold in diarrhoea and vomit between turns he and his parents had to take in the toilet dealing with their own bouts of food poisoning. It was all terrible. He hadn't even had time to be sad about Granny. The only good thing was the fact he wouldn't have to go to school today. He woke up the next morning feeling sick and drained and the opposite of hungry. He swore that any tiny piece of food would cause him to throw up again. He shot a dirty look at the advent calendar from his position huddled up under the covers. He was sure it was the advent calendar doing it now. His gaze wandered across the mix of opened and unopened doors until he found door number 11, still shut. No, he said out loud at the advent calendar. It didn't say anything back. <laughs> of course it didn't say anything back. It was just a chunk of cardboard and plastic. Tim rolled over in bed to face the wall. And then there was a tiny pinching sound that cut through the silence of his room. It was the sound of scored cardboard being pulled apart. Confused, Tim turned back to face the advent calendar. Door number 11 was open. The chocolate was sitting on its plastic shelf. Tim looked around, but his room was empty. The tiny cardboard door had either opened of its own accord, or it had been opened by an invisible hand. As he looked up at the chocolate, he felt the grip of anxiety in his chest, squeezing so hard that he swore he'd throw up again, though there was nothing in his stomach left that he could throw up. No, he stammered at the advent calendar. The chocolate sat there innocuously. It was just a little faceless brown lump, but it almost felt like it was staring back at him. And then all of a sudden, the chocolate flew out of the calendar like a speeding bullet and shot directly into Tim's mouth. Tim gagged as the chocolate forced itself down his throat in one piece. Tim choked and gasped, but the chocolate was gone. It was down into his stomach. Tim hacked and coughed and curled into the fetal position. He swore he was about to throw up again, but the chocolate held itself inside of him until it was gone. The pain in his stomach stung, but eventually the pain subsided. All was silent and still again. With this moment of insanity now gone, Tim was left curled up in bed, reeling and staring up at the admin calendar, trying to figure out what on earth had just happened.
His dad borrowed a neighbor's portable mini-fridge and bought a few things to last them until they could get someone to repair the fridge. Tim still felt faint and could barely keep anything down without throwing up again. His parents had apparently recovered from the bout of food poisoning and were back to fighting again, although they made sure to only fight whenever Tim was out of the room. They were both clearly exhausted, and they couldn't handle how terrible this month had been for them. First the window, then Tim's bike, then Granny, now the fridge. What next? Tim spent most of that day in his room. He went to sleep at about 6pm. He was then woken up by the sound of his parents shouting again at about 8 it was the same argument as the other night, asking the same question, where was all the money going? Tim lay there in the dark, grinding his teeth and praying that this was today's bad thing. It wasn't. About an hour after the argument ended, he heard his dad screaming in the shower. The boiler had broken. The hot water had been shut off. December the 12th. Tim could tell he'd recovered from the food poisoning, but he still didn't want to get out of bed and go to school. He'd sweated all throughout the night and he stank, and he wouldn't be able to have a bath or a shower. He'd tell his mum to call in sick for him again. Life was too horrible for school right now. It was so bad he'd almost forgotten about Granny. He deserved another day off. He could probably get away with three or four days in total. Still in bed, he glowered up at the advent calendar. I will not have you, he said out loud. It happened while he was watching it now. Tim stared in horror as door number 12 opened of its own free will. Each corrugated piece of cardboard connecting the door to the main body of the calendar popped open piece by piece. The chocolate flew off the shelf without warning this time, and it forced itself down his throat again. He fought back against the living block of chocolate with his tongue, but the chocolate had a mind of its own. It was as if it was magnetically drawn towards Tim's stomach. Tim splayed out on the bed again, gagging and reeling from the chocolate's attack, which lasted up until the stinging in his stomach left him, and then silence. Tim eventually managed to claw his way out of bed at 10am. The house was freezing as the heating had been shut off when the boiler conked out. He wrapped his duvet around himself as he walked across to his parents' bedroom in his pyjamas. He found his mum lying in bed. She was still in her nightgown. His dad was either downstairs on the sofa or had gone to work. Mum, I'm still not feeling well. Tim was genuinely feeling a bit better, but he was putting effort into sounding sick because he really didn't have the energy to go back to school. Yeah, me too. I'll phone the school in a minute. I'm just really struggling today. It's strange. I've been a bit better since the fridge thing, but I feel like I've got no energy. I could get you some cereal. She shook her head and put a hand to her stomach. Oh, no, I don't think I could eat. Tim sat on the edge of the bed as his mum reached across to her phone on the bedside table. She selected the school from her phone book and pressed call and put the phone to her ear. Tim heard a computer-generated operator voice telling her she was out of credit. 
His mum sighed grimly to herself and shut her eyes. <sighs> Have you got any credit? Tim got up and went to go get his phone from his room. He gave the advent calendar another glower before returning to his mum, who had now managed to sit up with her feet off the bed. Oh, Tim. What happened to it? She said when she saw the cracked screen. I, um, fell off my bike the other day. I didn't want to tell you. Oh, Tim, you're so clumsy. She clearly wanted to express more annoyance, but it just came out as an unenthusiastic sigh. She tapped the school's number from his contacts. Tim stood there watching as she waited for someone to answer. There was a low gurgling noise coming from his mum's stomach. She clenched her forehead in pain. She then doubled over and the gurgling sound started up again. Um, are you alright? His mum dropped the phone. She slumped and fell off the bed and hit the floor. Mum? Tim fell to his knees by her side. Mum? Mum? Tim shook her, but she'd gone completely floppy. He grabbed the phone and frantically poked at the cracked screen. He dialed 999. Tim didn't understand most of what was happening. Some men in fluorescent uniforms came in an ambulance and transferred his mother's unconscious body onto a stretcher. A man with a big grey beard and colourful tattoos on his arms came over to him with a clipboard. Is she going to be alright? We're not sure. The pulse is quite low. Do you know how she fainted? We all had food poisoning the other day. She said her stomach was hurting. When was the last time she ate anything? I think she ate something yesterday. She hasn't eaten anything today. Hmm. Okay. He ticked some boxes on his clipboard. Is your dad back soon? I don't know. Tim started crying. The man shuffled uncomfortably, clearly unsure what to do with the crying child. He looked at his colleagues by the stretcher for any help, but they just shrugged. Look, we can't take you with us. Best go to bed until your dad gets home, yeah? Well, where are you taking her? To the hospital. We'll look after her. We'll take your phone number so we can give you some updates, yeah? Tim was still crying and distraught, but he didn't know what else to do. The people from the ambulance took his mother and left him in the house on his own. Tim nervously shuffled into his room, eyes fixed on the advent calendar. It was just sitting on his wall, twelve doors opened, twelve doors unopened. Tim marched angrily up to the advent calendar and ripped it off the wall. He turned it over in his hands and listened to the remaining slabs of chocolate rattling in their plastic trays. He could feel tears in his eyes again. He thought of George, he thought of his bike. He thought of Granny. He thought of Mum's floppy and unconscious body, lifeless in his hands. He now fully believed it was the advent calendar doing these things. It was too much of a coincidence that every time he opened a door, something bad happened. This is your fault! 
he screamed at the scrap of cardboard. The scrap of cardboard didn't say anything. He went over to the window, opened it and threw the calendar out into the street. It flew through the air and landed on the frosty front lawn. The calendar lay there, lifeless. The chocolate wasn't flying anywhere. It didn't float back up into his room. There were no signs of it being a cursed or a possessed advent calendar. It was just a bit of cardboard. Tim let out a sigh as he felt the tension subside. He closed his eyes and breathed deeply, calming himself. He turned back around to his bedroom. The calendar was back on the wall. Tim gasped and turned back round to his window. The calendar was gone from the front lawn. More terrified than he'd ever been in his entire life, he tiptoed past the advent calendar, his heart beating faster and faster as he did so. And then he ran out of his bedroom and slammed the door behind him. He returned to his parents' now vacant bed where he threw himself under the covers and he continued to cry. Tim was still sleeping in his parents' bed when his dad got home from work. His dad started shouting at him and asking him what the hell he thought he was doing. Tim explained that his mum had fainted and he'd had to call an ambulance. Well, what the hell was wrong with her? I, I, I don't know, they just took her. Oh, for crying out loud, don't be such a baby. His dad snapped and he marched off to go find the hospital's phone number. Tim trudged back across the hall to his room while his dad phoned the doctors. He was feeling ashamed of himself and incredibly guilty. He wanted to sleep in his parents' bed that night, but he would never be allowed to do that. He could have tried the sofa, but his dad would probably start yelling at him again and call him a baby. He'd have to sleep opposite the dreaded advent calendar. He was sure his dad would never believe it was the advent calendar doing this, and if he did, it would somehow be Tim's fault for letting it into the house. But Tim hadn't let it into the house. He didn't even know how it got there. Tim tiptoed around the advent calendar and got back into bed. He had to sleep with whatever that thing was hanging off of his wall, dreading whatever the next day would bring. December the 13th. Tim woke up being choked by the chocolate today. He gagged as the chocolate forced its way past his tonsils and he fell out of bed flat on the floor. Once he'd absorbed the chocolate, he looked up at the advent calendar in disgust. The chocolate didn't even taste nice anymore. He swallowed and reeled from the pain. He eventually managed to muster up the energy to pull himself onto his hands and knees and scream at the cardboard rectangle on the wall. Why are you doing this to me? He pleaded with the advent calendar. But the calendar didn't answer. It just sat there on the wall, patiently waiting for day 14. His dad got home from work at about 2pm. He looked dazed, bewildered and downright traumatised. 
His eyes were wide, unblinking, and staring in horror. Tim had stayed home from school again, and he'd been sitting in the living room watching TV. He turned the TV off when he saw his father. They... They said I should stay home because your mother's in hospital. His voice was wavering in shock. And then I... Did I hit him? I think I actually hit him. What? Tim was confused. Why? My my boss, he, he said I seemed stressed. I told him I just wanted to get on with the job and take my mind off things. Then he insisted and he wouldn't leave me alone and I... And then I hit him. Why did I hit him? Um, can I do anything? His dad didn't answer. Did you hear anything from the hospital about mum? Tim asked. But again, his dad didn't answer. His dad left the front door wide open behind him and drifted upstairs and out of sight. Tim heard the door to his parents' bedroom slam a few moments later. His dad didn't venture out of his room for the rest of the night. December the 14th. Every day was the same now. Tim would wake up, the advent calendar would open of its own accord, and the possessed chocolate would shoot itself into his mouth and almost choke him and force itself down his throat and into his stomach. He'd be left reeling from the force of the chocolate before managing to claw at his phone and see what time it was. 7am. Thursday the 14th. He should get up and get ready for school. He hadn't been to school in what seemed like forever. He tried to force himself up and out of bed, but he didn't have the energy, and he still felt sick from the force of the chocolate. He lay there trying to recover his strength, and before he knew it, it was 10am. Well, that was another day at school missed. He heard a creak from a door outside his room, and the sound of someone moving. His dad hadn't come out of his parents' room at all since yesterday evening. The house had been totally silent until now. Tim then heard his father's deep footsteps march down the hall really fast towards his bedroom. His dad flung the door open wildly. He stood there in his vest and underpants, with those sleep-deprived eyes all pink and veiny. His arms and legs were white from the cold, but his face had gone a ruddy pink with anger. What are you still doing in bed? I, um, I'm sick. How long have you been off school? You must be better by now. But please, Dad, calm down. No, you're going to get up, and I'm going to drive you to school now. Tim could see a vein pulsating in his temple. I, I'm still sick, Dad. It was the fish pie. Still furious for no apparent reason, his dad then crossed the room past the advent calendar and opened Tim's chest of drawers, and he started throwing pieces of school uniform at him. No, you're better now. You're going to school. Downstairs in five minutes. He marched back out of the door and slammed it behind him. Tim was paralysed in shock for a moment. He soon began moving again, but he was trembling violently from his dad's sudden outburst. He struggled to put his uniform on. He shuddered as his unwashed, clammy skin met the neatly ironed fabric of the uniform. 
The smell of fabric softener wouldn't mask the stench of days old sweat coating his unwashed body. Tim felt faint as he staggered downstairs, where he found his dad stood by the open front door. His dad was still in his vest and pants. He appeared to be under the impression he would go out dressed like that. In the car, now. Dad, please, you're too loud. His head was starting to spin. He couldn't do this. Out, now. His dad watched over his shoulder as Tim knelt and put on his shoes. Tim got up and staggered out onto the driveway, but then he stopped. He felt the fresh, cold December air against his face for the first time in days. The sun was dim and covered in clouds, but it still felt so bright that it was blinding to him. He turned around and swayed for a moment as his dad glowered at him with his deranged eyes. Dad, I, I don't feel so good. Don't be a nasty little liar. No, really, I... Tim's legs crumpled and he collapsed in a heap. Tim? He heard his dad's voice coming through a haze of tinnitus, still just as angry. Tim? Tim? Blackness consumed Tim's vision, and then there was nothing. December the 15th. Tim woke up back in bed on the 15th of December. He was still dressed in his school uniform from the day before. His dad must have carried him back to bed. Tim had sweated all throughout the night again and ruined the nicely washed fabric. He groggily sat up and clutched his head. He shut his eyes and tried to recall anything that had happened yesterday. He just remembered his dad's eyes bulging out of his head. Tim shook himself. He checked his phone. 7am, Friday. He could go back to school today. He almost wanted to go back to school, given what home was like now. It wasn't even the advent calendar that was the problem with home anymore. He looked up at the advent calendar... The cardboard door with number 15 on it was already open, but the chocolate hadn't been fired at him yet. It may have had no face, but it felt like the chocolate was taunting him. It knew it didn't have to fire itself at him anymore. It knew it had already won. Tim sighed, got out of bed, and resigned to his fate. He took the chocolate, and he ate it voluntarily. He took a clean uniform from his chest of drawers. The one he was wearing stank of stale cheese, so he'd have to change. Tim opened the door. The hallway was quiet. His parents' bedroom door was closed. He could hear his dad snoring. He made himself have a stone-cold shower. He screamed in pain as the water stung his skin and he gibbered in the freezing cold when he got out, but at least he was clean now. He dressed in his new school uniform and surprised himself by managing to tie his tie without making a mistake and having to undo it. 
Just as he was about to go downstairs and head out, he heard his phone ringing from his bedroom. He left it on the bedside table. It was unlike him to forget his phone, but since it had cracked, he hadn't been thinking about it that much. He went over to his phone and saw the word school displayed through the big crack in the screen that seemed to have gotten worse without him having done anything. He answered. Hello? Hi, is that Tim Sherman? He heard Mrs Knight's voice. She was the receptionist. She was Bill's mum. Tim liked Mrs Knight, and he thought she would have remembered him, but she was speaking as if she didn't know who he was at all. Um, yeah? Hi. We haven't heard from you or your parents all week. They haven't been returning our calls. Is everything alright? Um, I, uh... Tim didn't know what to say. Part of him wanted to break, start crying and spill the beans about everything, even the crazy parts about the haunted advent calendar. But then he remembered his dad's bulging eyes and the fury with which he thrust his uniform at him the other day. He remembered his mother's floppy, unconscious body. What would happen if he told the truth? Would he get taken away and put in a mental institution? What would happen to Mum? Um, I've, I've been sick with food poisoning. It wasn't a lie, not really. Oh, sorry to hear that. How are you feeling now? Um, a little bit better. Right, well, your mum and dad really should have phoned and told us it has been a week. I, I'm sorry, I, I thought they would have called. We were going to issue a strike for every day this week, which would have led to expulsion, but we couldn't get through. We had to get this phone number from one of your classmates. I, I thought mum or dad would have called in. He felt the tears start brewing in his eyes again and his voice cracked. It's alright, calm down. We won't expel you now as it seems to be a communication issue, don't worry. Are you feeling well enough for school though now? Um, I... Tim had changed his mind about school. He had a horrible sinking feeling in his stomach. I'm not sure. I... Um... Okay. We'll let you go now, but if you're not in on Monday, then I'm afraid we will have to call a meeting with your mum and dad to discuss further action. Alright? Uh, okay. Okay, take care. She hung up. Tim's heart sank. He got back into bed without changing out of his school uniform. He lay there listening for any stirring from his dad. He stayed in bed for the rest of the day. December the 16th After having the morning's chocolate of his own volition, Tim got back into bed. At about 8am, his bedroom door opened. Tim's dad came in. He was dressed in the same vest and underpants as Thursday. The vest was now covered in wine stains. He was carrying a half-empty bottle of wine in one hand. He was smiling, but it was a sad, apologetic smile. Tim had seen this smile before, many times. Hey, buddy. Tim knew that word. Buddy was what his dad called Tim whenever he wanted him to forget that he'd yelled at him. 
Tim hugged his knees to his chest as his dad sat on the edge of his bed and looked at him with that creepy, insincere look of penance. I just wanted to say I'm sorry about the other day. Things haven't been going so well lately and I get stressed, you know? Tim didn't say anything. He bit his lip nervously and he just nodded. Work called. They said said I've been let go, so... You know, now I need to find something else. Tim felt that spike of anxiety again. Oh no, this was bad. This was very bad. This was worse than any of the other days. But his dad didn't look particularly worried. His dad unscrewed the lid on the wine bottle and he took another swig. Tim glanced at the calendar over dad's shoulder. And what with your mum in hospital, and your granny, and Christmas, and the money, it's just a really bad time, you know? His dad gestured with his hands as he talked, and he spilled some wine over Tim's duvet. Oh, sorry, sorry. His dad rubbed at the wine stain, but he just made it worse. Tim still didn't say anything. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. His dad got up and headed for the door. Is the hot water back on? His dad didn't respond. His dad returned to his room and swung the door shut behind him. December the 17th. Tim woke up with the taste of chocolate in his mouth. Apparently the chocolate had attacked him while he was sleeping. He hadn't even woken up this time. He was used to it. And that was when he heard a phone ringing somewhere downstairs. It wasn't his ringtone. It wasn't his mum's phone. He didn't recognise it. He stumbled out through the house looking for the source of the strange sound. He was eventually led downstairs to the dining room table where he found another phone, smashed like his lying on the counter next to a stale, half-eaten bowl of cereal that stank of sour milk. Must have been his dad's phone. A private number was calling. Tim picked up. Hello? Hello. I'm looking for Mr. Sherman. I... I, I'm Tim. I, I think Dad's asleep. The man on the other end of the phone faltered awkwardly. Do you want to go and wake him up? Who, who, who is this? Tim had another spike of fear in his chest, as he anticipated the response. I, I'm from the hospital. It's, it's about Mrs. Sherman. Mum? His heart sank again as he realised what this call was about. What's happened to my mum? December the 18th. Tim hadn't been able to sleep all night. He'd hidden himself in a hallway cupboard. He had uncomfortably nestled himself on top of some boxes of toys that he hadn't played with in years. But he couldn't hide from the chocolates. It knew exactly where he was. 
The chocolate burst out of the door to his room and flew towards him like a laser-guided missile. It punched through the wooden door of the cupboard and shot down his throat. Tim lost his balance on the pile of boxes and fell out of the cupboard, screaming in pain and retching. And that was when his dad's bedroom door opened. Tim jumped and yelped more in shock at the sight of his dad than at the possessed chocolate. Oh, what? Dad? His dad didn't say anything. He was still dressed in the same stained vest and underpants from days ago. His eyes were wide, red and sore. Dad? His father went downstairs, still in that unsettling silence. Tim stood up and followed him, calling out after him. Dad! Dad! His dad went into the back room where they used to keep his bike. He grabbed the stepladder in the corner, and he started manoeuvring the ladder through the house and up the stairs towards the attic. Dad, please! Tim cried and pleaded with him. Mum, the hospital called. Mum is... Mum's... He couldn't bring himself to say it. And besides, his dad didn't appear to be listening. His dad set up the ladder by the attic and climbed up and pushed the lid open. He reached his gangly arms up inside the dark hole in the ceiling and hoisted his body inside. He didn't turn the light on. His father vanished into the darkness above him and he moved the lid back into place over the hole in the ceiling. Tim was on his own again. December the 19th Tim went downstairs, knowing the kitchen was mostly empty. He'd used the last of what was in the mini-fridge. He'd mostly been living off of cereal and dry pasta, but he'd run out today. He went back upstairs to the calendar. The only food left in the house was the chocolate. He'd already been force-fed today's. He hesitated. His stomach growled at him. He opened every one of the remaining doors, and he ate the whole lot. Tim spent the rest of the day sitting on the sofa wrapped in his duvet, shivering in the freezing cold and watching TV. He could barely pay attention to anything on screen. He mindlessly flicked through channels every five minutes whenever he got bored. He ended up watching a news channel where some men on the screen were talking about something awful that had happened in America. Apparently a man had run into a school and shot a bunch of children while they were sat at their desks having class. Tim wondered if any of those children had advent calendars just like his. That would explain the man with the gun. The children must have opened their advent calendars, eaten their chocolate, and caused the crazy person to come in and spray the room full of bullets and make their corpses fall all over the floor. It was all the children's fault, really. 
Tim found himself laughing at the news. A reporter on the ground at the school was interviewing a distraught mother who was crying as she recounted her horrifying experience. And Tim was actually laughing at it. He didn't know why and he knew it was horrible, but he was finding it really, really funny. At 4pm he had a call from the school. He picked up. Hello, is that Tim? He didn't say anything. Tim, can you hear me? He still didn't say anything. He's not answering. Should I try his mum again? Mum's gone. Tim's voice was cracked and broken. What? Tim, are you there? He didn't say anything. Tim, we need to arrange a hearing with you and your parents. The head teacher says we need to proceed with expulsion. We need your parents to come in and explain your absence for the last six days. Was it really only six days? Felt like a lifetime. Mum's gone, he said again, and he felt nothing as he said it. Dad's gone, Granny's gone, they've all gone. He hung up. He went back to watching TV. December the 20th. Tim was woken up at about midnight. It had started snowing outside, extremely heavily, and the continuous heavy sound of the howling snowstorm cut through the silence of the all-but-empty house. He looked up over his covers and saw the world outside his window was consumed with a murky white swirling haze. He heard the roof above him rattle, and his room physically shook. Tim curled up in bed, shivering in the cold. He shut his eyes, praying for the snowstorm to stop. The howling wind blasted louder outside, and the house shook again, and he heard a loud crunch from outside in the hall. Tim dashed across his room and opened his bedroom door. The ceiling by his parents' room had caved in. Rubble, plaster and bits of loft insulation were lying there in a pile. Torn electrical wires were sticking out of the ceiling. Tim nervously approached the hole in the ceiling. Bits of broken plaster were spiking into his bare feet as he walked. Dad? Are you, are you still here? There was another crack above him. Tim gasped and tensed up. Every fibre of his being was telling him to run downstairs and run out of the house. Maybe he could try and seek shelter with a neighbour, but he was too scared to move. The wind outside blasted louder, and before he knew what was happening, the ceiling above him cracked open, and a large chunk of rubble hit him in the head and knocked him to the floor. And then there was a heavy smack as he was hit by a heavy object from the attic. Tim coughed and spluttered from the dust being thrown up by the rubble. He then screeched in horror at what had landed on him. Tim was pinned down by a large broken floorboard, and on top of that was his father's body. He was lying face down on top of him. His dead eyes were open wide. 
Tim tried to push the board and the huge lump of grey flesh on top of him off of him, but his father's body was too heavy. Tim wriggled his arms and legs and tried to push himself free, but then there was a crack. He screamed as he realised he'd probably broken a rib or two. The howling snowstorm got louder, and he heard more sounds of the roof caving in. Tim couldn't even scream for help as the sound of the storm eating through the house and crumbling through the plaster got louder and louder. December the 21st to the 23rd. The storm never eased up. No one came to the rescue. The snow had started coming through the ruined ceiling and settled in the hallway. Tim was trapped under his father's body all day for three whole days. He'd run out of energy to wriggle and push against his father's corpse. He couldn't even smell the decaying flesh of his father's body anymore. But somehow Tim was still alive. He was still aware of everything going on around him. He still felt the pain as his broken ribs punctured his internal organs and he bled out into the ruined hallway carpet. He didn't even know how he was still alive. He hadn't even eaten or drunk anything since he'd gotten trapped under his father's body. He wasn't even hungry or thirsty anymore. He just wanted this all to end. December the 24th. Far away in the distance, through the howling snowstorm that hadn't stopped for days, Tim swore he could hear the sound of sleigh bells. He couldn't tell if he was imagining it. The sound appeared to be getting closer. Tim heard the front door slam open. He couldn't see anything, but he heard the boots on the carpet in the hall. He wanted to mutter, hello, but he couldn't. Breathing alone was painful enough, let alone talking. Finally, after all this time, Tim felt a sudden relief as the unseen intruder pulled his father's body off of him. The weight was lifted, and suddenly, Tim felt the pain of his punctured organs ease. All the aches and pains of the last few days left his body. He opened his stinging eyes and blinked through a cloud of viscera. The figure above him was dark and hazy, but it was soon brought into focus. Who? He managed to utter one word from his unused vocal cords. The figure was a tall, thin man with long grey hair and a beard. He was dressed in dark red and was carrying a hessian sack. Tim's first thought would have been to say, Santa Claus? But he knew that sounded stupid. The man didn't say anything. Tim sat up as the man walked across the rubble and into Tim's room. 
Tim watched through the door as the man picked up the empty advent calendar off the floor. The man smiled, nodded, and he chuckled to himself. <laughs> You've done well, Timothy. The man returned to him and squatted down. He smiled at Tim, showing his filthy, rotting teeth. I can make this all go away if you want to. You've learned a valuable lesson about suffering this month. You've survived it all. I can make this all go away again. You'll get your bike back. You'll get your father back. You'll get your mother back. The school will take you back. Everything will go back to normal. Tim felt tears in his eyes. Was this really happening? It sounded too good to be true. It turned out it was. However, things like this will still happen. There will be a lot of pain. Friendships will end. Bikes will be stolen. Windows will break. Bones will break. You'll have bad days and people won't always understand. Relatives will die. Your parents will die. Everything will die. You will experience all these things again. Just pay me not quite so close together. I... Tim started to speak. He tried to say he didn't care, but he stopped himself as he realised that he didn't fully believe that. The man's eyes then drifted down towards the sack. Or you could come with me. Bikes aren't stolen where I come from. Windows don't break. There are no bad days and everything is easy. Where is it? Where are you from? The man opened his sack. Tim gazed into the pitch black hole inside the Hessian opening. You'll have to find out for yourself. All you need to do is trust me. Tim paused. He looked across at his father's grey, decaying body on top of the pile of rubble. Tim thought of his mother. He thought of George. He thought of Granny. He made his choice. Tim leant forward into the sack. He reached his hands out, expecting to feel the floor of the hallway through the material, but there was no surface inside of the sack. He crawled inside and he felt himself getting smaller. He looked back over his shoulder as he pushed himself inside the sack, and the view of the destroyed snow-covered hallway was getting smaller as his body shrank and vanished into the darkness. The sack was then held upright by the man. He struggled to stay balanced on the material as the man held him up in the air, so he gave up the effort and let the material take him. Tim lay sideways and curled into the fetal position. He saw the man's huge face looming over the top of the sack above him. 
The man smiled down at Tim's tiny body that was still shrinking. It was a sad, almost apologetic smile that reminded Tim of his father. Tim smiled and he closed his eyes. He was happy here. He was warm here. He was comfortable here. He was small here. He was so small. The man pulled the sack shut. Tim lay there in the dark, soft silence, and he felt no fear. He felt nothing at all. The Advent Calendar was written and read by Stuart Hardy. It featured the voice talents of Michelle Jennings as Mum, Missy Chapel as Mrs. Knight, Luke Allen as Eddie, Alex Whiteley as the paramedic, Edward Tidy as the doctor, and Simon Fisher-Becker as Father Christmas. Casting was by Luke Allen. This podcast was supported by funders at my Patreon project at patreon.com slash stewbagfool. I'd like to thank the following people. A. Maxwell. Alastair McPherson, Anirin Hunt, Captain Grezer, Chris Lim, Chris P, Connor Pape, Dave Sanders, Jennifer Milligan, Joel, Louise Wade, Matthew Brench, Max Kennedy, Michael Gran, Oxbow Zamsty, Pastelwitch, Robert Conley, and The Hickster. Thanks for listening, everybody. Merry Christmas.